life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Many of you are hearing this the day it's released, which is a Tuesday. Yeah, we're recording in advance. Yes, so we're recording in advance. So by the time you hear this, I will have been, I will be in Dallas. If you're coming to the Dallas meetup, it is this evening. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it is this evening at Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. There's only one. It's on like Technology Drive or something. That's a dichotomy right yeah. there. Yes. So we'll, we'll be there. Exactly. Gas Monkey Bar and Bit Grill of, on Technology Drive. We're very confused with what this is. there, but So okay. that will happen. Uh, but as a result of being in Dallas, I have gone to the last day of the Dallas Auto Show with my son. Yeah. Who, yeah. when I told him we were going to go, said, oh, cool, let's do a podcast from there. And I was joking with you. It's really just the truck show, right? Because it it's Dallas. Be. It's really it just be. the cars are you know shoved into the corner over here. We'll do trucks. I've never been. I'm totally assuming here, but I'm, well, but, I'm guessing that. But they you do. Know, they do a quote unquote the car. Ram. Pa- they do a quote unquote car pavilion at the uh, Texas State Fair every year, which is mostly trucks. And a lot of the automakers say, will do like, big truck reveals at that Texas State Fair. Oh, of course. But I'm this sure. is the Dallas Auto Show. I plan to get in lots of things. I will have gotten in lots of things. But I'm taking my son, and he did say to me before we went, he was like, "Well, let's do a podcast from there." I said, "That's not how this works, buddy." But right. I appreciated the effort. You know, he he, want, he apparently wants to. Podcast podcast now is there a texas state fair edition of anything oh gosh yes oh my gosh okay. well i mean there's a texas edition there's a texas edition of quite a few trucks actually oh, i'm sure right yeah. where they have a little i mean it's it's the cliched thing our friend nate it, knows about these badges yeah, i was gonna the, say nate the classic knows about this. little looks like a sheriff's badge, badge and it's got the state on it and Ugh. you know but but think about this hang and on they sell but like hang on hotcakes right? while we're talking about it think about the f-150 king ranch edition Okay, I the could King see that. Ranch, been around for a while. The King Ranch is this massive ranch in South Texas. I was born in Kingsville, right next to the King Ranch. Right. In, like, super-duper South Texas, where the cockroaches are big enough to drive trucks, okay? That's where the, that's <laughs> Maybe where they that drive is. the cars. That's what all the car sales are Exactly. That's why we're buying Everybody trucks. We've got to run trucks. those things over. Yeah, exactly. So could This there is be a weird a... entrance into the podcast, by the way. We're now talking about cockroaches and pickup trucks. <laughs> that is so weird. Could there be a King Ranch Raptor edition? It, it's the Lexified Raptor? The Lexified Raptor. Could we do this? We are mixing so many things we've created right it's now. I'm confused. $250,000 pickup truck. But it's, man. It's leather bathed with Baja style suspension travel. <laughs> you can do the Baja 1000 and then drive to dinner. Exactly. And they'll valet it out front. Exactly. It's got a cooler in the center console. I'm yeah. sure they. I'm sure of many of them do. Wow. <laughs> We're off in the weeds. Uh, hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You know, if you guys haven't rated or reviewed yet, we would love that because that's what's helping keep us in the top 10. Many of you have done that. We appreciate it. Thank you for those of you that are saying you're sharing it and yeah, sharing great. the TV show. We just finished uh, all of the new episodes have at least played once now. Yes, all of the the uh, episodes have finished, so they've all played, and they're going to promptly repeat, except yes. for the episode with the Alpha and the Julia that was yes. right in the middle. The Alpha Julia M three, yeah, because it was from last season, mm-hmm. and then now all the new episodes will promptly repeat six, in the order. All six new ones will play, taking us right. through the last part of our thirteen week season, which is all the way through March. So if there's an episode you've missed, set your DVR now. You'll be able to see it. On Velocity, we'd love for you to watch it on Velocity. Now, for those who don't get Velocity, now, l- let me let me be re- really candid with you. If you get Velocity, we would like you to watch it there. 
Mm. We don't know who's yeah. in the Nielsen families. We don't know how that works, but it, whether you watch it live or you DVR it, we are hoping all of this will help our Nielsen thing. Nielsen is this clouded mystery thing. It's like it's still it's a mystery. Like, You've explained yeah. it over and over. You've explained it on the podcast, and I still think it's like now, the Wizard of Oz. How do you actually track? It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. But we'd, profici- we'd appreciate if you'd watch on Velocity, and if you're going to share the show, tell people you know that have Velocity to watch it mm-hmm. there. If you really don't get Velocity by the time. All of these have come out. They will all eventually come out on demand on Vimeo. They will follow on Amazon and eventually be on YouTube. So some way or or another, you'll get a chance to see this. And thanks for all of you that are responding. We really appreciate it. Yep. And we couldn't have done this television season without our main sponsors. And that is Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and Auto Tempest. Thanks to all three of them. And by the way, Griot's Garage will give you 10% off your order if you use the code every day. That adds up. And Covercraft will give you free shipping. So Mm -hmm. every day for both companies. Yep. And you'll get something. So be sure to visit those guys. And Griot's is the reason for Paul certified own. I mean, CPO. Yes. And that's the reason. right? And I have never had a reason to have a car cover until buying a third car winter car mini. (laughs) And it could not be happier. Because again, by the time you're hearing this, uh, yeah, it is currently tucked in very nicely. And it's perfectly well-fitted suit just waiting because it's not being used. It works. It works. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This is home. I mean, I'm reading so many comments now about... I didn't realize I was a car person or I forgot I was a car guy or a Welcome back. car gal, whatever. <laughs> you, you found your home because sure. this is the disease. Sure. This is where it lives. We're constantly searching and constantly learning. I mean, I, I learn all the time about cars that are now this much. And we've actually had some great social media questions about depreciation mm-hmm. and why we don't talk about it as much. So I thought we'd talk about it when okay. we get to sure. some questions sure. later it. on. But we do have a couple of debates from Jason locally here in Orem, Utah, He is bored with cars, bored with so many cars. He's bored quickly. This is his problem. Yeah. He buys something that he thinks is really cool, and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm sick of this. He wants to do something else. We've also got Scotty out in Dayton, Ohio, Mm -hmm. whose company pays him 48 cents per mile, 48.5 cents per mile for driving. And uh, he's got an interesting story as well. So we'll yeah. get to him after the yeah, break. For sure. But I say we just dive right in with Jason. He's yeah, local. Please. Like it. And uh, he has had a history of cars mm-hmm. that is rather impressive. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, a long, varied list, I, for there, sure. There's always people that will have more, of, of course. course but, absolutely. You know, I'm looking at at least 22 cars in his driving car ownership years here. Mm-hmm. I'm noting a lot of trends, okay? I am too, yeah. But uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But the headline is that he gets bored with cars. Mm -hmm. He lasts about one to two years with a car, and then for no good reason, he just changes. Yep. Okay, so he just sometimes bored or wants a new adventure, Yeah. whatever that is. And sometimes he decides he changed for the worst. He does discover that, yes. So the current ride is a GMC 4x4 CR pickup, which he's only owned for six months, and he realizes this was a mistake. (laughs) Unless, of course, he goes to the Dallas Auto Show and decides, I need a GMC 4x4. He he bought a car and now went, oops, that's really what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Traded in a Subaru Outback for this car because he was bored with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He has a bucket list. They include BMWs and Porsches and maybe a convertible in his life. But Mm -hmm. right now, because of the four kids at home, all under age 13... The two-seater is kind of out. Yeah, so. unfortunately, but that's life. Yeah, I get it. All right, all right. Um, I, I might have broken that rule a little bit with wow, some I'm caveats. And but, no, uh, I'm not, yeah. All right, so currently his wife has a Toyota Sienna van. Mm-hmm. Great for family There's trips. There's the family car, for sure. Yep. And he's got this weekend driver, 78 Chevy Nova, Ferrari Testanova, mm-hmm. that is uh, <laughs> mostly restored. 
He loves driving the Nova. He said it turns heads everywhere for the daily commuter car, though he wants something fun to drive. Mm-hmm. So the Nova's not going to be commuting. It is no. the Sunday drive car. I like that it says mostly restored because that mostly covers a multitude of sins. Uh-huh. That, I mean, that could be it runs to, no, 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 I've got like two trim pieces and I'm done. That mostly is really broad <laughs> there. That is a shotgun kind of statement there. I was always fascinated with the nomenclature for the Nova because, you know, it really translates to no-go, Nova. Yeah. And uh, that's the reason it didn't sell so well. Um, in Elsewhere. many countries, <laughs> anyway. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the, the boredom with cars is uh, pervasive throughout mm-hmm. his car ownership, which I think we should touch on now. But keep this in mind. His budget is around $20,000 for yeah. whatever he gets yeah. next because change is inev- inevitable. Clearly. It's coming. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> so here we go. The history, I'm not going to name, name every car, but I'm noting of all the cars on here, I mm-hmm. think the most fun car has been either the Acura TLX mm-hmm. or maybe the Honda Civic. I agree with you. I agree I, with you. I'm scanning. I'm looking up and down. There's mm-hmm. been two Dodge Dakota pickup trucks, multiple Pontiacs, an Oldsmobile 88, mm-hmm. uh, Camrys, a Lexus ES300, which is a Camry with leather. Mm-hmm. The, the Pontiac uh, Grand Prix and the Bonneville both uh, actually, depending on the Grand Prix, actually, that may have been rear-wheel drive. But neither of these sure. are like enthusiast cars you would have loved. Okay, he had a 65 Ford Mustang in but, here. But All that right. was prior to the Nova, though. That was right. the car in the Nova spot before the Nova. I mean, by and large, this is, I don't know the way to put it, this is middle ground car purchasing. He's also had a 75 Chevy Nova, and yeah. now he's graduated to the 78 Chevy Nova. Yes. All right. Yes. So his wife has also driven a GMC Suburban Plymouth Voyager. <coughs> uh, I'm going to make hacking noises <laughs> wow. now. Wow. How do you feel about that one? Hang on. <laughs> and a Ford Taurus. So she thinks he's crazy. But has apparently gotten used to the change mm-hmm. and the massive, consistent, constant change. Yes. So uh, let's address this car boredom here before we even get into choices. And I, I want to bring up something Todd said, and that is your middle ground choices of all the cars. Mm-hmm. On this list, I don't see anything that stands out, really stands out, yeah. as a, this is an enthusiast, delightful car. And I know, Jason, that you have these bucket list cars, whatever it is, in the BMW, Porsche, mm-hmm. German car category. I see that. I hear you. I'd like to know kind of what you aspire to and why. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, because of all these choices throughout the years that have just been such middle ground, you've gone on to the next. So I'm in no way am I denigrating the list or you know attacking by any means. I'm just making observations here mm-hmm. that... I think just one thing to the next and not moving up in any direction. And and by up, I don't mean price. I mean in terms of driving enthusiasm or yeah. what you're doing with the car. I don't see that being very inspiring. And so, therefore, I, I don't blame you. I, yeah. I can kind of understand yeah. it. I see that for sure. For sure. I, I get it. I mean, it's... You know, you, you want to aspire to something that you think, I could I could see myself driving and having that a long time. And you, yeah. you have driven a lot of cars. So uh, the other twist here is for whatever we choose, he had hip replacement a few years back, and he said the last manual transmission car, which is a Honda Civic, kind of mm-hmm. aggravated his uh, contributed for sure his hips. So yeah. um, anyway, we've got to go automatic, which is yep. definitely possible. Yeah, for but sure. I'm just sure. I'm curious to your thoughts on the uh, the boredom and the switching around and just well, horse trading. Let's let's look at this here. The the cars that are the exception on this list, I agree with you because the cars that are exceptional on his list here, I find there's a trend in all three of those for Jason. 
we've got the old 65 Mustang, mm-hmm. the older Chevy Nova, and the current Chevy Nova. The trend in all three of those cars is personality. Sure. Okay. And everything else in the list, possible exception to the Civic, but we don't know what Civic you had. Right. Everything else in the list is kind of bland in personality. And you keep yeah. trading out cars. And I think it's interesting that the Nova has stayed. But what's the thing he says about the Nova? I love driving the Nova. It turns heads everywhere. Hmm. It's unique. It has, I'm not saying it's some dynamic powerhouse, but it has a personality. It makes a statement. And that speaks to Jason. I, I suspect the Mustang and the prior Nova both did the same. Hmm. Interesting. So I think what we need to get here is a car with a little bit of personality. Agreed. And, Very and much agreed. There's a, there's a few things here that I my list for Jason here is actually a go drive list. It's okay. not a car list. It's a go drive list because what I want you to get is I want you to think out of the box. The only thing that is relates to the stuff you've had before is I have one Pontiac on my list and that's the G8. But the G8 okay. is a dedicated rear wheel drive platform. Yes. With some attitude. It is, for, for lack of a better way to put it, it is the update. Of those older muscle cars you've had with four doors, four seats. The new Nova? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> with a few more doors? Well, but but, 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 this, but this is what we're talking about. I mean, it is the update of the muscle car idea. Mm, yeah. V8, rear-wheel drive, but still a big sedan. So that's why that's on there. But the other things I want you to drive, they're, they're separate. They're different from what you have right now. They're all cars of personality. I just want you to drive some things that are out of the box for you and see what strikes you because I think something will. Jason, as an addendum to what Todd is saying here with whatever is on his list to go drive, I want to challenge you here because I'm seeing boredom and I'm just seeing the switcheroo thing happen, but it's in the same price range. Generally speaking, it's probably, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm bored. I'll just go get something else that kind of fits my budget just because. Yeah. And you're trying a a lot of different things and kudos to you for doing so, but I want to challenge you in that I don't see any mindset of, you know what? I'm going to hold off. I'm going to keep driving whatever it is I currently have mm. and really start saving. And again, you you're know, being surprisingly mature in this. Well, moment. It, it has to do with blowing out the budget. <laughs> oh, so, so what you're doing, you're being mature in uh-huh. order to allow him later to be ridiculous. Uh-huh. I see where you're headed. Okay, That's exactly where I'm going. Because if you start squirreling money away and you start putting money away for the more expensive whatever it is in the future that you think is going to delight you and you will own for more than two years, Mm -hmm. I think that could be a better way to go because the anticipation, the knowledge, the, you know, in conjunction with what Todd is saying over the years, you start to drive a few more things and then, you know what? I thought I wanted that German whatever. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I guess I don't, but I'm still saving my money. I'm still working towards a goal over here because then when you do drive something You'll say, I've got $40,000. I've got $50,000. I can go plunk down. Mm. And there it is. I'm going to be happy to it. So I guess where I'm going is something that's aspirational. And you already have these aspirational cars, but you're putting them way out there as if, well, one day, what if you just kind of hunkered down, pulled back, said, all right, maybe we do just soldier on with sure, whatever sure, it is sure. I have. Maybe it's the GMC. If if that has to go, then it has to go. I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Just consider my comments as merely a suggestion, yeah, but it's a yeah, yeah. different way of thinking because I want to get you out of this, you know, lather, rinse, repeat cycle sure, of boredom sure, and switch yeah. it out and go and all in the same price range. Whether mm-hmm. it's a car, a pickup truck, an SUV, they're all just kind of generally they're middle ground cars, whatever it is. Yeah, yes, and that's fine. So that's the first thing that I want to say to you, and it's just okay. Okay. changing the whole mindset because if 
there there's it's never going to end if we keep going on to the next and we try that and we try that it's never going to end right I, I, well but here's the thing though i think it could end but i think you're going to have to to look at your budget and think outside the box and not buy things that are middle ground cars and buy a depreciated we're back to it's like that's the title of the podcast yeah buy a depreciated hot something because the thing about this list is there's nothing on here that is really is designed to be a hot car mm-hmm it's all and, and some of them are good platforms. I mean, the Honda Accord we've talked up before. All right, sure. There, there's cars sure. on here. The Civic can be can be very fun to drive, but which Civic? You know what I mean? Right. So true. the thing very is, true. you've never. I don't feel like he's ever pursued the hot variation, the enthusiast variation of these cars. I think the shopping needs to be. I need to pursue the enthusiast variation of a car I can afford that maybe has depreciated farther. Maybe it's two years older than the one I would have bought because I'm now getting the enthusiast one. That's where my list right. goes. I want to jump in here real quick. Okay. Because. All right. I think you need to drive the most recent Mustang GT you can afford. Interesting. Because I mean, we're talking twenty grand. I know we're talking twenty grand, but you can find a Mustang GT. You know what? I'll say this: go shop, go drive the EcoBoost. Yeah, fair, fair enough. You know, you could get a current EcoBoost for this money. Yeah, slightly used for that that kind of money. You know, you've got worthwhile Easy. seats. You can get three kids in that car with you if you need to. Okay, so that's a car that could be usable. I'm, I'm looking at the things you like about that Nova, but I'm bringing it up to modern time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about liked about that classic Mustang, the EcoBoost. Let's let's just stay with the EcoBoost instead of the GT for a minute. Just the current Mustang, but the EcoBoost. Get that when you get bored with it. Tune it. Hmm. Sure. Sure. It's going to be far more interesting than what you're driving now and the stuff you've driven of late. And then if you do get bored, this is now the tuner car of Mustangs. I mean that that comes back to the mindset. You've got to have a car whose platform you already like enough Agreed. to then throw money at it Agreed. to get more out of it. Totally, if he even wants to do that. But I think go drive a Mustang, and all of my stuff is, is go drive stuff. So the Mustangs on there. You had a Subaru Outback you didn't like. Why haven't you owned a Subaru WRX? Yeah, go true. drive the current WRX. Now I know that automatic is a CVT. As CVTs go, it is the pretty girl. More gagging so, noises from me over here. I know, I know. But as CVTs go, it's it's the good one. Okay, mm-hmm. so go drive the CVT. Uh, and honestly, that is a car that is, in the way you'll probably use it, dual personality. You want to throw kids in it, and oh look, that got dirty, and that got dinged, and I got to commute. Fine. You want to go hoon it this afternoon? It will do that too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. drive the current WRX. Those been around long enough now. You can get one of those for twenty grand. That's a car with genuine personality and a fun engine. Mm-hmm. So drive that car. You haven't owned German cars. I noticed that there is an Audi, and I thought, hey, there's an Audi. Oh, it's a one hundred LS. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. You need to drive the current GTI with the DSG. You've never had a dual clutch. You've never had a German car. You haven't had the king of hatchbacks. Yeah, this yeah. car defines that segment. Kids in that car all day long, stuff in the hatchback, drive the GTI with a DSG. I think you may be you may find that car revelatory. Yeah, it's funny. You're you're actually touching on one of my choices okay. is the GTI. Okay. So yes, good. Good, I good. expound on that. But and yes. then I, I want you to come back to it. And then my last one, because you can get them for this money, and I continue to be astonished that it's possible, but you have to find and drive one of these cars. The last-gen BMW E92, but we're talking the 335iS, the almost M3. Yeah, such a rare car, but so surprising. And so look, there's space in that car. It's a BMW. It looks; Those cars look really good. 
Oh yeah, they've yeah, ed- that, right. I honestly that feel like right. that that model has aged better than I expected it to. I thought it was fine when it was out. I look back on it now and go, "That's a good looking car." I mean, there's less going on stylistically that actually makes it look better now. It makes it look clean. Yeah. And, and 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 there's little things on the 335 IS that I like. Actually, the wheels that are on there really aren't on anything else. Some of my favorite uh, BMW wheels of that generation. Yeah, that's random. It's not a reason to buy the car, but it's cool looking. 335 IS. So drive. Look, drive these five cars: Pontiac G8, a Mustang, either EcoBoost or GT. Subaru WRX, the current gen, a GTI with a DSG, and the BMW 335iS. I think all of those cars have personality you've been lacking. I'm very curious to hear back from you. What did you find? Mm-hmm. Oh, I those are excellent suggestions. And coming back to the GTI and kind of recapping my own comments please, to you. Please. Again, I'm keeping in mind that this is the commuter car. This is not the holy grail, guys. I finally bought my dream sports car that is the blank whatever, okay? So again, commuter, I know that it just it has to do commute things of course and it does. daily yeah. things. And also, if the GMC just has to go, then it has to go, okay? So take my comments with a grain of salt or maybe a giant salt lick, but whatever. I'm looking at the GTI specifically for one reason, and that is because it's the front-wheel drive fun car that is easily sure. obtainable. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I love for that reason. For twenty grand, you can get your choice of really great ones. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's going to be very surprising. Stodd said, with the DSG, it's going to be a lot of fun that you thought, wow, I've been missing out on this. And you have mm-hmm. to come in with that mindset of not just another car, and then you have to look at your purchase Six months from now, because you're right at six months with that GMC 4x4, and you're bored. You've got to mm-hmm. project yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could yeah, yeah. I really see myself living with this for three years, four years? Yes. And then I thought, all right, what is the rear-wheel drive version of a hot hatch? doesn't okay. really exist. Yeah. I'd kind of love it if it did, but they really come in sedan or coupe form. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they bring the one series hatch here? That would have been so cool. Anyway, yeah, you actually just said it. 135i. For twenty grand, okay. yeah. maybe yeah. if you have to go one twenty eight i with the sport package, it's got to have the sport package on it. But yeah. I'm just saying, this could be a car you walk outside and like, oh oh yeah, I, I've got something fun to drive to work today. For sure, for sure. Every time you'd walk outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what I want for you. So that is the rear wheel drive fun hatch. I see that absolutely handly and hatchy sort of. It is both hatchy and handly. Feel. Yes, mm-hmm. those two. So I, I tried to go rear wheel drive or front wheel drive for you. Both in the twenty grand range, yeah, at yeah. least worth a drive. Obviously, you're hearing GTI from both of us, so mm-hmm. that's got to be a strong and contender for sure. And Jason, I'm going to say one other thing to you. I, I I really encourage you because you live here in Utah. I realize that we have four to six months of the year. Trust me, I'm crying about it. Where the best roads are under snow. Yeah, but there's We're a just ton closed of, even if they're not under exactly. Snow. But there's a ton of great roads in yeah. Utah. I want to encourage you. Whatever you get next, and hopefully you'll get something here that has some dynamic feel about it. That would be decent on a back road, but make some time. Take one of your kids or a couple of your kids with you. Make some time. Like the whole family to drive some of these back roads just for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Take your next car out and drive some of these amazing Utah back roads just to feel the car move, just to to enjoy the car you have. Because I also think, look, I'll go to the obvious thing. I know this is blatantly obvious, but thank God I don't have a. 30 to a, thirty minute to an hour commute every day in the Lotus and stop and go traffic because I would hate that car in, oh, it in, would mo- in moments. It'd in be moments. the weekend car. Absolutely. I want you to go take this car that is going to be a commuting car which starts to feel like drudgery and give it the opportunity to stretch its legs and go enjoy it in that capacity because I think you'll end up enjoying the car overall more. Mm-hmm. 
We are officially against boredom in cars. So, Absolutely. Uh, if you've got your own debate that's similar to his, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Or you can find us at the website. So just go to everydaydriver.com and you can reach us there. You just say, find us, contact us there. Again, love to hear from you guys. It's so much fun and uh, lots of yeah. questions coming up. But we do have a break coming up, so we'll be right back. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pit. Yeah, and a ham horn. And uh, <laughs> we have a new podcast available on the Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Uh, Ourselves. A, a lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? a trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. This is not just any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access. That's one of those badges that gets you in anywhere. Sweet access to watch the race, $1,000 cash for incidental travel and event-related expenses. You just get to, you get to charge it. It's going to be great. Round-trip airfare for two of you to the Indy race, hotel accommodations for two with five nights at a hotel near the Motor Speedway. Even ground transportation to and from the airport, the hotel, and the speedway, plus chances to meet the drivers themselves. Just like they do when they make high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, there's also 10 first-place winners, and they'll all receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text Indy, I-N-D-Y, to 41487. That's Indy to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash Indy. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.
Scotty in Dayton, Ohio writes to us with his company's payment. This is how much that he gets per mile. Yeah. 48.5 cents per mile. Now, here's the story. I found a car that was 49 cents, and I just went, that doesn't work. Oh, you did? All right. Well, thanks for writing, Scotty. Anyway, take care now. Just kidding. All right. Scotty's a recent college grad. Congratulations. Yeah, And he's got sure. a job that he really enjoys in Dayton, Ohio. Also, congrats. Yeah, for sure. He is in an apprentice position and training to move up into automation programmer position, mainly working with robots. Okay. That's about as much as I will ever understand about that topic, is, is understanding the words that were put together to form that sentence. And now I'm done. Yeah. All right. So apparently there's currently a shortage in his position at work, and he understands the industry as a whole. There's a shortage of you know, people that do what he does. So they're trying to rush his training. And he's excited about this, but it does – a huge car question comes out of this. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Some of these automation programmers travel 300 days a year. I'm just going to say ouch. Wow. All right. So they travel to customer locations to install automated cells and then program program them on site, yep. which means it could be more than a day. It could be more than a week. However, it also means they're expected to drive to any of these customer locations within 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They can use company vans. Vans are provided, mm-hmm. but he, he's thinking, well, if I'm going to go be on location for weeks or months at a stretch, yeah. I want something fun that he can explore the area in. That's a that's actually really forward thinking. Very it really astute. Is. Yeah, I agree. So now he tells us his car history. So he's got uh, you know a few cars: eighty four Ford Ranger, nineteen seventy Maverick, and uh, more gagging sounds from me: oh four Saturn Ion. But these are hand me down cars. They are. They are. But good news: his first sports car was a black nineteen eighty seven nine twenty four S. Okay. And then upon graduation from college, he has gotten a two thousand Porsche Carrera. So nine nine six nine eleven. This was man, his oh, hero man. car. It's got 70,000 miles on it. Great shape. He says he drives it daily, but the trip is only 1.8 miles and gets sub-20 miles to the gallon. Well, that's because the car isn't warmed up on a 1.8-mile <laughs> trip. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, so he's got the Porsche. He's got the fun car in his life, mm-hmm. but he's trying to find this long-haul car. It's the car to take with him on these trips, for sure. By the way, I want to jump backwards. Um... um Nineteen eighty four Porsche nine two four S, and then he just mentions casually, "I had the steering wheel come off while I was driving on the highway, uh, so I fixed that." Uh, Theoretically, (laughs) you came to stop first, but then he gutted the interior because it was getting moldy, lifted it, put it on thirty inch tires, and made it look like a Mad Max dune buggy. Nine two four dune buggy, my friends. This is this is pretty cool, actually. Where'd you take that in Ohio? And can I come too? That's amazing. <laughs> can we go honestly, jump stuff with that honestly, thing? that needs to be done. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that happened. Then, but yeah, he has this Carrera now, which is really cool. But mm. he's figuring out what is the car that I'm going to commute in, and let's be honest, road trip commute in. Yep. And then enjoy. We're dealing with about $15,000 worth of budget. He has some things he's looked at, maybe an EcoBoost Mustang, uh, the four-door, four-door Cobalt SS, which... Is an interesting oddball choice. It could be fun, actually. Yeah. I don't know about the the space in that because he's talking about he might need hatchback space to haul stuff. I don't know about the Mustang in that regard either. Jetta TDI wagon, which obviously leans us toward mo- miles per gallon first and foremost, if they're still even get get one. <laughs> the Mini Cooper S convertible, which is a twist, and the uh, 500 Abart convertible. These are the things that are already in his brain at 15 grand. Where'd you go? Well. He is uh, writing to us with his needs, and they include a sunroof. He would consider a convertible, mm-hmm. which explains those choices you just read. Yeah. 
as long as it doesn't detract from handling. And he says manual is a must because the Ion was the only car that he had with, that was an automatic. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see why you want a manual. <laughs> I understand. Uh, all right. So he needs the cargo storage thing. And he explains if someone else from his work, a coworker, comes along, that means they've got two backpacks, two Pelican cases, and two suitcases. Okay. So again, back to this 48.5 cents per mile. He says reliability in miles per gallon, but fun and manual. I have a wild card that I think I, I know is the answer to your Really? I know it. All right. I just all right. I just deep down I know this is the car that you're gonna buy. But first of all, I want to start again the through line with the other debate is okay. Hatchy and Handley. Yes. We've got to go there. So coming back to the Volkswagen GTI, I think that is a very strong contender. I have found many of them Mark 6s mm-hmm. for 15 or less. And by the way, when I start looking and I start searching, I set my, my dollar amount at 16000 thinking if I can find some for fifteen five, and you can sure, talk them no, down fifteen. No, I, I agree with that totally. You know, totally say, hey, 16000 mm-hmm. and I talk you down to fifteen five. that's still a $15,000. No, I agree with you. That's how I shop too. Totally agree that's with that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So I start there. I never start at fifteen. Anyway. Volkswagen GTI has got to be on your list because spacious, manual, fun. It's on my list too. Great it's gas a, it's mileage. An obvious, it's an obvious contender here for sure. It really is. You probably saw that coming. As you might think, the Mazda 3, also great, hatchy mm-hmm. and handily. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as much fun as a GTI, but it's still not, a great but contender. Still very fun. Yeah, I agree with that. But throw those out. Really? Okay. Here is the car. Really? Okay, good for you. I found multiple examples. I am very excited to share this with you. And I found multiple almost new cars at the same dealership out in Connecticut. Welcome to a 2014 Honda CRZ. This car Interesting. looks cool. They're fun to drive. Yeah. Talk yeah. about reliability in miles per gallon. Yeah. It's doing well Hello, on both of those. Checking those boxes. No rear seats, which gives it a little bit more hatch. Yep. You can yeah. put all your gear going. back okay. there. All right. I think they're a delight to drive. Honestly, they're just so surprising for You've what it is. You've been a surprising fan of that car. I just, agree. Yeah. And I didn't see it coming. I didn't come up to, you know, thinking, oh, this is just a terrible commute. Yeah. Nothing. And they're fun. Yeah. It's a forgotten little car. Great, great six speed in that. So too. get yeah. this certified 2014 Honda CRZ EX. At Liberty Honda, in red, with one thousand three hundred miles. What for fourteen grand? That car's brand new. It's brand new. They can't it's ba- give it's these barely away. driven. There's multiple examples. I found another white one. That was a red one. I found a, hmm. a certified 2014 with eighteen hundred miles for fifteen four. Manual transmission. Who, who bought these cars and put that little mileage on them? I don't know. I think they were demo models or just they've yeah. been sitting there. But a 2014, this is a brand new car sitting there. And there's multiple examples of low mileage, 27,000 wow. miles for one. Wow. You've got your choice of colors. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they're really fun. I, I think they look they're, cool. They're a surprising little car. Oh, my gosh. And the miles per gallon, you're going to start earning money. Because <laughs> I thought, well, with the yeah. German car, you start to pile miles on the GTI. It'll do it, but then set miles, money aside for your maintenance. Sure, sure, sure. With the Honda, change the oil. Yeah. The end. Yeah. And you're going to start making <laughs> money with this car. Interesting little little curveball there. I okay. Think, All right. I think this just fits everything. It's a manual it's got the eco button over here on the left. Does, you can yeah. put in eco mode. All right. So you and a coworker cruising along the highway. For sure. Yeah. And then wherever you go, turn it on sport. 
where the the non eco is really what sport is. <laughs> turn off turn off the little thing where it shows you the digital leaf growing on the dash. Yes. Turn that off. Turn that off. Anything where leaves are growing in your car, t- turn that part off. Yeah, exactly. And then go blasting around in this thing. It's a delight. Honestly, it's it's hilarious fun. It, they are very fun. I actually remember driving that car when we first reviewed it, and I remember getting going, honestly, faster than the chassis could handle. It does understeer at the limit. I know that from experience. But <laughs> it does, I was, but, but okay. I was, here's the thing, but okay. I was hooning a car that I am sure nobody in the engineering team ever thought anybody would drive it like I was driving it. And I, Probably. And I so blatantly understeered around a corner. I was like, you know what? I ought to back this off a little because I'm expecting <laughs> something from this car now that it was never designed to do. That is and a yet it's Genuinely fun car. It's a genuinely fun car. This. I like that twist. 30,000 mile Honda CRZ for 10.9. That's great. I I don't see a problem. I have to to say that is a find. I I do agree. Miles per gallon. Okay. Fun, lightweight, small, compact, still fits your gear. Yeah. We're done. He at least needs to go shop those. I I did not see that coming. I have two others I want to bring up here. Okay. They may not be as far out of the box, but I, I like them both. By the way, you brought up the um, the 500 Abart convertible. Um, yeah, I saw that on Scotty, here. I like the 500 Abart for you. Don't get the convertible. Yeah. <laughs> but go get one. Go get one. They have a sunroof. Get the Abart uh, Coupe. It's the much better call. It's a much better call. Go get the Abart Coupe. That car has personality sitting still and idling. Mm. It just does. Yeah. And yeah. it's got – look, it, it has – Almost like real, like me-sized, human-sized back seats, which is impressive when you see the profile of that car. But mm-hmm. then you can drop those seats, and now you got all that hatch room back. Which was the intent of the design. The For sure. on those cars is much higher. So For sure. The intent For so sure. that you are looking other drivers in the eye. So I think since you're already intrigued by that car, I think the 500 Abart, get it in coupe. You can find them for your budget. That is a hilariously fun car to drive and own. Yeah. So it's got personality, but you can also just cruise in it. Just just take it on a road trip. Why not? But don't get yeah. the convertible now. Get the coupe. I think that one. But then I had this thought. Okay. We're talking in the world of hatches, ultimately. And I, I, like, yeah. I like your CRZ because that's leaning more toward the economy. But I thought, what's a hatch that you could just cruise in that you can find for this budget that's a little more hair on fire than a GTI? Because a GTI is, is a great call here. But more hair on fire than the GTI so that if you get a nice back road in some of the places you're stationed, you've got half of a day off and you can just go hoon a back road, the car is unbelievably ready. Hmm. Okay. Used Mazda Speed 3. Good. You're yeah. back a generation. But those cars, because of their turbo personality, you can put it in sixth gear and cruise on the highway and get halfway decent gas mileage. You're not going to get CRZ gas mileage, but get halfway decent gas mileage. I bet you the Mazda Speed 3 would get better gas mileage than 500 Abart. Probably. When it's just cruising along in top gear. Right, right. And it's bigger. It's got nice hatch space. It's a usable car. But then when you want to hoon it, it will hoon. Interesting. That's that's, that's our equivalent of does it does it blend is does it hoon yeah. exactly it will hoon. So Mazda Speed Three, you're going to be shopping a little bit older ones. Try to get one that's been taken care of and not tuned within an inch of its life. But they're out there, and I think you'd thoroughly enjoy that car to do both. You know, as you were talking, the Hyundai Veloster popped into my head. Cool. All yeah, cool. Not as good as these. I I, I agree. Cool. I thought you know I was weighing this car as you were talking about the Mazda Speed, and I thought nope. I'd still go for the Mazda Speed. I'd still go oh, for the Honda CRZ. It's really fun, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Scotty, you've got uh, some cars to drive, and clearly they're in your budget. So uh, hopefully this helps. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Let's jump to some audience questions in here. Boatloads of questions. Thank you guys so much for writing in. These are just kind of fun stuff, and there's uh, 
There's a lot of it in here. We were talking about depreciation, and mm -hmm. actually, Mark B on Facebook and Ryan C on Instagram both wrote to us about depreciation. I mean, Mark doesn't see the value of buying new, which he says that really sucks because of all the great new cars coming out. And Ryan is talking about, you know, let's talk about depreciation and what you and I have always talked about, a brand new Camry or a used 7 Series. Or his example here yeah. is, you yeah. know, a used 997 or a brand new BMW 240i, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And mm -hmm. we're always proponents of buying used because there are so many deals, you know, as you hear us talking about. I did buy the Jeep Grand Cherokee new, and the only reason I did was because of the corporate pricing discount that I got. Sure, sure, sure. That was, yeah. honestly, that was yeah, the yeah. thing that pushed me over the edge. And I thought, all right, if I'm going to spend that much and I kind of want something SUV-like, I'm probably going to end up spending that much anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, look, I could get a brand new one. I get a big discount. I felt like it took a little bit of the depreciation hit off. So if you sure. work for a company, you may not even know that mm -hmm. these these corporate pricing deals exist. I mean, they have them with CDW and, you know, sometimes discounts off Apple products and, yeah. you know, Ford GM, FCA products. Look into that. If, if it's a friends and family kind of deal and you can get almost as good pricing as if you work for that car company. Sure, sure, so there's sure. A yeah. plan, B plan, and then X plan pricing is usually what that is. So go look yeah. for that if you work yeah. for a large company. That's the reason I bought that uh, that Jeep I brand new. That. I see that. Um, well, let's speak to the couple of examples that have been been spoken about. If you buy that brand new BMW M240, okay, and let's say you spend forty five grand, mm -hmm. or you bought an, a used nine eleven at forty five grand. Well, the nine eleven is already worth half what it cost. Right. You have both those cars for five years. I'm making up my math, but I'm going to be approximately close. That M240 will probably be worth five years later, roughly half its value. Mm -hmm. the 911 will probably be worth two-thirds of what you bought it for. Now, yeah. here's the benefit, speaking to Mark's question, of new cars. The number one benefit to new cars is peace of mind. If it goes wrong, it's not your problem. Yeah, that's, that's the, the biggest number thing. number one the thing people, that sells people new want cars. a warranty. They just, it just it goes That's wrong. the number one thing that sells new cars is nobody yeah. else has owned this. So anything that, that, uh, that happens to it, I've done to it. And anything that goes wrong is not my problem. Yep. Now, if it goes wrong a lot, you're headed toward lemon problems and how do I get rid of this car? We had somebody else write in about all the problems they're having with their 718 Cayman. I noticed that. Alexander yeah. writing in, I'm really, really sorry to hear about this story. It, that is the other side of the equation. It can go wrong. Mm -hmm. But the reason that new cars sell, I fully believe, is entirely that peace of mind perspective more than anything else. Because just looking at it, a value proposition, there isn't value. You drive it off the lot, it's lost value, which is a huge problem. Unfortunately, yeah. But looking at all, also thinking about this, though, your example of a Camry versus a 7 Series. Mm -hmm. What's your tolerance for maintenance? True. Because Very that true. Camry, new or a year old, is never going to require much. The used 7 Series that you bought for probably less than the new Camry that's four or five years old, what's it going to cost when that goes wrong? The thing we've talked about on this podcast before, the best way I can think of to describe it, when you take your car in for service, you were servicing a car that cost whatever it was originally sold for. <laughs> if you're servicing your $100,000 911, point. it's going to cost $100,000 11 prices to service. If you're servicing your $30,000 Camry, it's going to cost $30,000 Camry money to service. I don't care what you bought them for. Yep. So you have to think in that mindset, what kind of car am I servicing now in spite of what you bought it for? And I say that as a guy that fully believes in finding used deals. Yeah. Yep. I will, I've said this example before, and I'll say it again. My first Porsche was a 1988 928 S4. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. black with tan interior, manual transmission. I love that car, and I miss cool it. Car. I had to sell it because it needed motor mounts for two grand. If you I had a, afford it, if you had a car collection, you were building that car would still be in your collection. I have no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. It, I bought it for nineteen thousand five hundred dollars, which I was looking around thinking, well, I do have a tolerance for maintenance because mm-hmm. I want to start doing it myself. Because mm-hmm. when I bought the car and started taking it to independent Porsche service guys, they saw their next boat payment for that month coming right in the door. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I thought, you know what? I've got to learn to do this myself. I bought ramps. That's when you and I started to really get into maintenance. You mm-hmm. had your 300Z at the time. I did, yeah. And uh, I really started to learn how to do it myself and saved myself a, b- a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really liked that. But again, that was my tolerance, and that was the place I was at in my life. But bought the car for the same price as a Accord. And yet I had this $80,000 car, but... That was the problem, to your point. The mechanics on $80,000 car <laughs> yeah. driving his shop, not an Accord. Yeah. And parts and all that are just more expensive yeah. for the more expensive cars, unfortunately. Harder to find. Anyway, yes, we, we do like talking about depreciation. It, it always factors in. Generally, you can see, you know, we want to get you into something that is well bought. Mm-hmm. And generally, mm-hmm. that means used. But we'll keep talking about it. We'll move on to some other questions here. There's a, uh, a quick one from Motoring Unplugged. Said, I'm wondering which screen Paul is keeping most of the time in the right gauge cluster of his Cayman. You are paying attention, my yeah. friend. And my answer is the tire pressure information. Oh, really? Okay. I always like seeing this because I want to look at the tires warm up mm-hmm. and I want to see the change as I drive. Interesting. Okay. I see That's that. just my yeah, thing. Yeah. So the the right gauge in the mm-hmm. triple gauge cluster of the Cayman, it has you know, the, the engine oil temperatures and yeah, pressures yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. It has the, you know, what, what your radio is connected to. It has mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. G meter. It has the sport chrono, all that stuff. But it's the tire pressure. I scroll through everything and then I come back and leave it there. Interesting. Because okay. I want to see the balance and I want to try to feel the pressure differences. If it's a great difference as tires warm up, <laughs> I go looking you for it. You turn into that guy. I like it. Of course, the problem with those screens on the dash, there was all, there's always a great one that shows you what wheel is getting what power on the Evo, and I am convinced <laughs> that someone, if not other people, many people, have driven into trees looking at that going, look at what it's doing, slab. So those, are, those gauges are terrible, <laughs> right. but I do take your point. Mike Jensen wrote in and said, why is a convertible 80% better to drive with the top down? <laughs> I'll tell you the answer here. It's because convertibles are not – they are – kind of a cocoon with the top up you, your blind spots terrible they're loud i mean i'm not the, the thing everybody would say is because it's awesome to be in the breeze and i agree with that <laughs> it's breezy i agree with that it's awesome you've got you know just the sky above you that is an amazing experience we just like that as humans that is fun it's why bicycles and motorcycles all this stuff speaks to us yeah. it's why things like skiing and roller coasters it's all the same idea wind flowing through you is fun mm-hmm. it's engaging but i am going to present the counterpoint they're so much better because they are far worse than people acknowledge when the top is up <laughs> Okay. Visibility's bad. Point. They're loud. You, I mean, that's they're dark. It it yeah. isn't a very nice experience with the top up, which makes you the minute you drop the top, you're like, whoa. <laughs> Funny. That's that's good. I like that. Uh, all right. So uh, Mystic Negro also asked me. I'm Paul, glad you're. I'm glad you're doing this one. When you buy a car. How hilariously do you blow your own budget? <laughs> I thought I could have you read it without me laughing. You couldn't I do could, it. Couldn't do it. I uh, I admit, and you've heard me blow everybody else's budgets out of the water. <laughs> Hence the Paul limiter. That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I admit to doing it because when I was buying the Cayman, 
I uh, I blew my own budget in a big way. <laughs> I know you did. Because I was thinking, all right, I want a 911 in my life at yeah. some point. Yeah. But the 911s that I really want to own, I can't afford. Yeah. And then I backed off and thought, huh, this is right about the time the Cayman GT4 came out. Mm-hmm. I thought, wouldn't that be sweet? I can't afford that. Yeah. So then I thought, I love Caymans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about another Cayman S? And then I started looking around and came across this GTS. And I thought, well, if I'm already plunking down for the S, <laughs> I didn't need to spend $15,000 more. But I, <laughs> at the time, I had it. And uh, The good news here, George, is that's, that's I, Mr. Negro's real name. George, at least yes. he does it to himself as well. I, I, I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to buy that Jeep new either. Fair. I really didn't. For that money, I could have gotten a fine 4x4 SUV. Yeah. It would have been fine. Yeah. I didn't need to go new. I didn't need to spend quite that much. And then I just, it was along the lines of, I just moved to Utah and, you know, my first car was a Jeep and I want to, you know, it the was, Jeep. Yeah. And new life, new God, stuff, new experiences. All that stuff. Yeah, you were throwing down. I get it. And I just thought, well, let's go look. And then I found that corporate discount and that's what put, pushed me over the edge. Yeah, because you got a good deal on that car new. You did. I did. For sure. Yeah. I didn't need to do that. I, I admit that. <laughs> there was, there are more frugal ways to operate, but then the heartstrings, mm-hmm. I, I just... That GTS and the blue and the wheels and the fact that it only was driven by this old guy in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right off the cliff. I know, I you were. called Todd and sent you a little photo and said, I might have just bought this car. <clears throat> <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, and I was like, really? That, I, that, I mean, that's I, I a, that's a price much. right there. That's a Cayman S would have been awesome. Yeah, for sure. For much less for money. Sure. But then, yeah. but you wouldn't I have a GTS. GTS. You blew your own budget. I love it. That's, that's hysterical. So yes, mm-hmm. I hope you find that funny. Uh, Dietz Jordan wrote in on IG. How do you? How do I convince my significant other what, that a fun car is cheaper than therapists? This is good. I'm curious. To, um, I'm curious. Really? Okay. I, as the guy that has gone to therapy, I mean, I'm going to go serious for a second. As a guy that's gone to therapy, as a guy that's gone to marriage counseling, as a guy that's been married a long time, if you need therapy, get therapy. <laughs> if, if 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 there's something going on, especially between you and your wife. That is a sticking point. Go talk to someone licensed and able to handle that. Okay, I am going to put that out there. Okay, having said that, there is a real discussion about talk with your wife about what are the things, the frivolous things she has in her life that she doesn't need, but she just likes them. Okay, what are the things that she wants to spend money on because she just likes that thing? It makes her happy. Mm. Cars, while sometimes they are far more expensive comparatively, that's your thing. You want to have a car that makes you happy, and you yeah. want to spend extra money to get that fun car. Find the common ground with your wife on what is the thing that is similar in that regard for her, and speak to it in those terms. That it's just it's gonna it's gonna give you just kind of a smile in your life to have a fun car. I will also say, depending upon your significant other, can you take her with you on some of these fun drives, or is it something? And you need to find this out. Is it something she needs to not go? She needs to not go. It right. needs to be your thing, and it could go either way. But I think you need to have a conversation with her about the things that. I mean, Paul makes the joke, and he's right. We all have the hole down which we throw our money. But yeah. it's, it, but it almost in every case when you have that hole, you throw, throw your money down. It's because that thing makes you smile. And if that's cars for you, that's the way to speak to your wife about it. And I hope you get something awesome. And I do genuinely hope that it's something she can enjoy with you. But if it's not, that's okay too. <laughs> Excellent commentary. I, I'm, it's all yours. I'm moving on. <laughs> there is a, um, a track daily crush in here from RO underscore really Bell. I saw this one. This is good. We have to do this okay. one. So get this. All right. 
TDC, Track Daily Crush, three Toyota Corollas, each containing Clarkson, Hammond, or May as mm-hmm. passengers. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I know what this is for me. I know okay, what this good. is. Um, I think... I think I would probably crush the one with Clarkson. And I think it's because he's probably by far the worst passenger. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, I, and, and also because you don't want Hammond driving. True. So I would track. Well, he won't in any of these cases. I, I would track with Hammond because I don't mind him talking. I like the guy. He seems like a nice guy. I don't mind him talking about track stuff, but I don't want him driving on the track because he seems to have an issue with that. So he gets he gets to ride <laughs> along on the track. And then honestly, James May, I think, is the hidden cool guy in that group. Mm-hmm. I've thought that for a long time. Yeah, I know you I have. think he's a guy. I, I know the way he puts himself out there, but I think he's a guy that I would genuinely get along with. Yeah. So let's just daily and James May can be with me on my commute and we're done. That is funny because I am the exact same. Really? I am surprised by that. I think James May would be a pleasant companion on a daily basis. You could have a a nice conversation. You can learn stuff from each other. He'd just be a good guy. Just be a good dude. (laughs) Okay. All right. Hammond would be excited to be on track with you. Yeah. Now, I don't want him driving, as you said. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he'd be really excited and enthusiastic and be a fun track. And, oh, my gosh, we're coming into a corner and da 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 I can see that happening. I don't want to listen to Clarkson. I don't want to be in the car with him. <laughs> Many times, I don't want to watch him anymore. Interesting. I Sometimes just the uh, the part where he gets all Ashton Kuchery and, you know, just teases He starts punking and, other people, yeah. I, I don't like that. I know you don't. I, I don't, don't enjoy being punked. Sure, I don't like sure. being teased just yeah. for the purpose, you know, for somebody yeah. else's enjoyment. I don't like watching other people doing it. And sometimes he takes it too far from, from my okay. taste. I, I, I don't want to be in the car with him. I don't want to hear him talk. I don't want to look at him. I actually like the guy. I like his reviews. I'm still a big fan of what he does. I think he would be the He's world's worst excellent. passenger, though. He's excellent that's at the, what he does. That's the thing that makes this a problem. I think he'd be a, a horrifically bad passenger. Yeah. I mean... But the show, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is good. Very funny. I'm glad you did that one. I wondered about it as well. Uh, let's see. Um, we have A. McFarlane wrote in, if we could open a driving good. school. I wanted you to do this one. What would you focus on teaching? <laughs> Rally, autocross, track, courteous canyon driving, what? Uh, I think half the school would be spent at the edges of grip. And we would start in skid car. Mm, good. Because this is the kind of thing where, and I, and I say this is somebody where I find it revelatory. I found it very informative to be at 20 miles an hour in the world's most ridiculous sideways drift, and you've got to try to catch it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in most cases, most people will never get in those situations. And when you do, it's so out of your realm of experience, you're lost. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we would start skid car and do a lot of skid car. I mean, the, the joke was that it's like driving on ice is how they set up the skid car. Or it's like a uh, drift at 120 miles an hour. That's what the car's that doing feeling. at 15. Right. So we'd start skid car. Then we'd do some of the spins and the handbrake stuff and just find the edges of grip yeah. in a big wide open parking lot in various kinds of cars. A front wheel drive, an all wheel drive, and a rear wheel drive. Go out there and... and Let's induce understeer. Go out there and mm-hmm. let. We just did it in a skid car, On be, but that feels a little yeah. bit, you know, a little bit disconnected from reality. Now we're going to get in real cars and induce understeer. We're going to induce oversteer. We're going to actually spin them. Good, so Good. that you can feel when it's about to break away. Then it's track time. 
not because I think the average person is going to track, but because I don't think the average person, myself included, by the way, when we started this, I don't think the average person realizes how capable any modern car is on modern tires. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a race school in these unbelievable cars. It would be kind of normal stuff driven incredibly hard to show people the range of what modern cars can do at the limits because all of these things about car control are going to transfer right back into, if you're in a canyon or in, in a commute, those skills translate back. Mm-hmm. Well, I know many of you will agree with me by saying, uh, if you can graduate from the stay out of the left lane and move over, because I've smacked you so many times upside the head with my shoe, <laughs> that you now have learned and you're eligible to graduate to anything else, <laughs> that would be step one. Phase okay. one, stay out of the left lane. Yeah. If you're not the big dog. Pull to the right. That's funny. And also, don't break check me when I'm coming up behind you. That is... I, I don't want to... The single most dangerous thing I've I'm ever not seen, angry at you. Honestly. I'm not trying to punch your man card. I just want to go around you. Could yeah. you just pull over and not uh, tap the brakes real quick just to upset you and just to check you? Do not do this. Yeah, that's the worst. Do I not break check yeah, people. Sure. As badly as you want to, you're asking for an accident. I never saw that till I moved to Utah. It's a Utah disease. It is. It's a Utah it disease. So um, this is – I'm not going to tell you the whole idea because this Uh-oh. is actually an idea that I would like us to go do and actually in okay. the future have this. But it would definitely involve a lot of what is suggested here, um, Mr. McFarlane. Uh, rally, autocross, track, courteous canyon driving. Yes, all of those. But it's about car control and understanding, again, as Todd alluded to, what your car can do. You'll You'll be shocked out of your mind about – just a regular street tire and a regular car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go do that and have you shown and then be able to go do that. But it would, um, without wanting to say too much, it would involve field trips because there's <laughs> terrain. Did everyone bring your permission slip? <laughs> yeah, signed by your parents. Because uh, there's different terrain around the world and on different tracks. And there's a lot of um, different <laughs> kinds of The traveling road school. Things. That's it, funny. It honestly would because many tracks are, uh, well, many schools are just at one They're track. They're locked down to a track, yeah. yeah they don't sure. involve mm-hmm. experiencing other things around that. the world. Which brings me to a great point about our upcoming 2018 pilgrimage trip. Yeah. We're starting to tease that. We are going. The yeah. dates are formulating right now. We're getting things locked in. But... If you've ever had the desire to go to the ring and go to spa in Germany and Belgium, please come with us. And great instructors on both tracks. That yeah. makes that makes that thing – I know this sounds weird. It makes it about as safe as it can be. Yeah. Which Agreed. is pretty pretty impressive. Agreed. All right. What else is on your list here? Uh, let's see. Markian501 wrote to me and says he knows I have strong feelings about not spending too much money on older cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think he's putting that two ways. One – putting too much money into an older car, and conversely, the 911 problem. The why is this old car cost twice as much as a new car? These kind of issues. I think he's talking to both points. So he's asking about the excellent condition but haven't gone up in price yet, older Japanese 90s cars, which I actually really like. The Nissan 300ZX, I love that car. Of course, I owned one, the twin turbo. The 3000 GT, the VR4, the, the one that has all the bells and whistles, or the MR2 turbo. Cars like that unlike the Supras and the R32s of the world that have become just skyrocketing in price. What about buying an old one of those? Look, Markian, I'll say it right now. I want a 300ZX Twin Turbo. I really do. I don't have the money or the garage space, but I want one. That's a car I want to have in sure, my life. Sure. I think if you buy one for ten grand and you put five in it, you're in a fantastic spot. 
Yeah. Five in it to just modernize yeah. it up. Let's put modern shocks on it, modern tires on it, maybe upgrade the brakes, get it into the realm of modern braking power, and it probably needs a suspension refresh anyway, and modern tires will revolutionize it. That kind of thing I would do on a heartbeat. I'm a big fan of that. I don't think you should buy those cars for investments. I'm not a big guy that wants to chase that either. Sure. But those cars are affordable, and they're great platforms to play with. Just don't go nuts. Agreed. The legend continues, asks us, what car that doesn't get one in the States most desperately needs a manual option? Easy. Alfa Romeo, Giulia Quadrifoglio. That was exactly my answer, too. That's, that, is, that makes that easy. You're right. That's the answer. <laughs> easy. All right. Well, there's uh, another question on here. Um, there is, uh, yeah, Mike J. He's talking about debating uh, track and daily or just one car to do both because uh, many of you have, you know, driven to the track on Sunday and then you need the same car to get to work on Monday. Mm-hmm, if you have mm-hmm. a breakdown at the track, this is an issue. Yeah. Kind of screwed. I agree. I mean, yes, he's saying, uh, you know, he's lived by the slogan, don't race your paycheck, which is a, I've never heard that slogan before. I actually. see what he's saying though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he said, you know, there's different levels of track car. It doesn't have to be the cage spec Miata, the whole deal. It just is a car you like driving on track. Yes, this is a conundrum. I mean, ultimately, if you could have a tow vehicle, let's say, mm-hmm. that'd be ideal. But for most people, that's not an option. Yeah. And you want to go get track time. I mean, the best thing that you can possibly do is drive within your limits and you drive on track in such a way that you know this car needs to bring me home. It needs to drive me to work tomorrow. It's well taken care of, but I'm not stomping on it so hard that I might have a question. If you do have a dedicated track car, have at it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have at it. But otherwise, you've got to drive, you know, thinking, all right, I don't want uh, a conversation with my insurance agent. I don't want, uh, you know, a big bill for tires. Yeah. That definitely informs your driving. Yeah, it does. It really does. So I, you just have to kind of drive like that as desperately as you want to, you know, crank down on it on the track. I mean, that's that's really kind of where you're at unless you can go – either tow vehicle or dedicated track car or both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thinking. Well, guys, thank you so much for writing into us. We always appreciate your excellent questions. I, I love them. Many Absolutely. times we're laughing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm scrolling through more just, just there's looking so many. at... Uh, yeah, there's great ones. You know, exhaust mods, car personality or annoyance. It just kind of depends. I think mostly annoyance. And I say this as a guy <laughs> that's put exhaust on a couple of cars and kind of regretted it, to be honest with you. Yeah, you have. All right, so that was uh, from Wafi. Uh, thank you guys again for writing in. We're looking forward to next time, but the podcast after this will be Chance and I, as yep. Todd is on vacation, as you heard in Dallas. And uh, we're just uh, chilling, uh, looking forward to having Chance on, and um, looking forward to next time, guys. So really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark, inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. 
Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228-19. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.